Welcome to worship this morning. Do we have any first-time visitors who are bold enough to raise? We have one, Larry, bold enough to raise her hand. Uh, we have a little pamphlet that says who we are and what we do here at King of Kings. Um, next Friday dance is on the 16th of December. Uh, food at 5, music at 6. We have an online QR code that you can use your smartphone if you'd rather give that way. Um, that's great if you do. If you just like to give the old-fashioned way, we still take checks and cash. Um, music jams are Saturday at 1 o'clock. Poinsettia forms are in the bulletin, and they need to be returned by 3 p.m. on this Tuesday. So if you want to order a poinsettia, 3 p.m. this Tuesday. The next mobile pantry is on this Thursday, December 8th, at 3 p.m. Um... We still have, we have invitations for service for Christmas Eve. So if you know someone who is kind of not really sure about coming to church, sometimes just giving them an invitation is the way to go. If you want to pass them out around your neighborhood, that's the way to go too. But this is a way of saying, we don't, we don't care if you just come to church on Christmas Eve, we're inviting you to come to church. So these are available. Take as many as you need. We will print as many as we need. Um, also, we're still take, we'll take commitment cards from now on, but if there's commitment cards, you fill it out, put your name on the envelope, and seal the envelope. Nobody's ever going to look at it, but you'll get it back sometime in the end of next summer and see how are you doing with your giving. Um, karaoke will be in Kyle Hall uh, on Friday, December 23rd at 6. That'd probably be a good Christmas-themed one. Uh, January 2023 portals are on the coffee table in the Narthex. Uh, the 2023 sign-up books for readers and ushers are now available, so if you want to sign up and let us know so we're not scrambling at the last minute, that would be great. Are there any other announcements for the good of the family? Yes, Lee. Yes, you do. I didn't, I didn't hear what Pastor was talking about announcements, but December 18th, which is two weeks from today, um, we're, we're hoping to have, we want to have a covered dish brunch across the hall, in Kyle Hall. Uh, we'd appreciate it. We'd really like it if everybody would join. It's for the holidays, for Christmas and everything. And the one thing we're asking is, with Chris's project for the homeless, if you can, bring a pair of socks, a scarf or something, and just drop it in a box when we come. This week, I don't, we didn't announce it this week, right? No? Not yet. Well, now we did. Anyway, but we'll be passing down clipboards so that you can let us know what you would like to bring. But it'd be great to see everybody there. Thank you. Now, the clipboard is for the food that you're going to bring to the brunch. 
Okay. So that was on the 18th or two weeks from day after service, a Christmas brunch. Chris, you're collecting four. You want to explain that? Um, <laughs> we have the tree set up in the narthex, and we're collecting items for the homeless folks. On Christmas Eve, <clears throat> after service, we'll put the tree out in front of the church with items, and uh, some of the abundance we'll be taking out to people on the streets between Christmas Eve and Christmas morning. So um, we have a team that's doing that. <clears throat> you guys are already showing, you're already pouring out love. I mean, there's already items coming in. Things that I didn't think of on the list, like dog treats, um, <clears throat> somebody had thought of. So uh, the young lady that delivers with me that did live on the streets for a period of time said that anything is appreciated. So, um, but it, it is a way for us to show some love in our community. The other event is the father-child event at the prison. Um, I have to have toys checked in to security before December 14th. Their event is on December 19th. And uh, Chaplain Harrison at the prison is grateful for anything that comes in. And when last year that prison was a, for many years that prison was a women's prison. So they did a mother-child event. Uh, in June, it transitioned to a male facility. So this is their first father-child event, but <laughs> it makes me cry. When the chaplain talked about last year that they had a whole visitation room that looked like a toy store, and inmates were able to pick items for their children and wrap them, and uh, they do a separate event. It's not, a <clears throat> it's not done on visitation day. They have a whole separate day that will just be for these dads to gather with their kids. <coughs> but the chaplain and the, the uh, corrections officers were, it's not just the inmates and the kids that are impacted. The people that work there are greatly impacted by the love. Um, so thank you, everybody. Um, because even seeing you guys walk in this morning with stuff makes me get all choked up, obviously. And I have a whole service to get through, so I'm going to stop now. <laughs> Thank you, Christine. Any other announcements? I only see one child. Do you want to come up and give me a hand, Layla? Come on. We're starting out with our children's message today, okay? And guess what? You get to play with fire. Okay, come on up. You know what this is? Come on up. You know what this is? What is this? You don't know. It's our Advent wreath, okay? And we light these candles every week in the season of Advent leading up to Christmas. And I want to tell you some things about the Advent wreath so you know, okay? First of all, a wreath is round, right? You know why it's round? It symbolizes eternity because there's no beginning and there's no end. What else do you notice about it? What are these? Greens, evergreens, okay? That's eternal life, because evergreen trees don't lose all their leaves and all their needles in the wintertime. They're always green, so that indicates 
eternal life. Okay? And now how many candles are there? There's five, but how many on the outside? Four. That's the four Sundays of Advent or the season of Advent leading up to Christmas. And we light one each week. So there's only one. We've had one week already, so there's one burning. So we'll light a second one today. And you're going to get to light it. Now, the candles all have, this is a Christ candle, but all these candles have particular understandings. There's peace, there's love, there's joy, and there's hope. And those are the four emotions, the four feelings that Jesus, four gifts that Jesus brings to us in the world. Peace and love and joy and hope. Okay? So while they sing, we're going to light a candle. Okay, so why don't you do, take this, okay, and you hold it up to that candle and get it lit, okay, can you do that? And they're going to start singing the song, Larry. Oh, come, oh, come, there you go. Now you light this candle right here, okay, you do that. it back up again so it doesn't stick. There, that's it. And put it back in the stand. Thank you, Leah. And why don't you help yourself to a treat? Huh? One for your sister, too? Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who does alone, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be God's name forever. Amen. Beloved, now is the time to wake up from sleep. Let us confront our sins and confess them to the one who is merciful and just. God of new beginnings, we confess that we have not welcomed your holy reign. We have strayed from your path. We prepare for war instead of peace. We dishonor one another and your creation. Purify us with your refining fire and set us again on your way of love, that we may bear fruit worthy of repentance and welcome your coming among us. Amen. People of God, a new thing is growing in our midst, a tender branch, a living sign. By water and the spirit, you are joined to this wonder. You have put on Christ and your sins have been washed away. Rejoice in the way of the Lord. Amen.
Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Please join me in praying the prayer of the day. Stir up our hearts, Lord God, to prepare the way of your only Son. By his coming, nurture our growth as people of repentance and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. First reading is from Isaiah. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse. A branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor, and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on, my on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
let us read responsively Psalm 72. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the king's son, that he may rule your people righteously, and with justice, that the mountains may bring prosperity to the people, and the hills in righteousness. Let him defend the needy among the people, May he live long as the sun and the moon endure. Let him come down like rain upon the mown field. In his time may the righteous flourish. Blessed are you, Lord God, the God of Israel. And blessed be your glorious name forever. Our second reading is from Romans. Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another, in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may, be one, you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. And again he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse shall come, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles, and him the Gentiles shall hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to Matthew, the third chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and its food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him, and all the, river, all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. 
But when many Pharisees, but when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, "You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees, and every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with holy fire, holy spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, and he will gather his wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn in unquenchable fire. The gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, o Christ. Please be seated. I first want to talk this morning, if I get this in, there we go. I want to talk to you this morning about archetypes. Does anybody know what an archetype is? Huh? That's an architect. <laughs> I'm talking about archetypes, not architects and not archa, architraves. That's a part of a, of a cornice. But I'm talking about archetypes. Archetypes are Categories of people, personalities, of groups of, 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 of people themselves. Um, the most common archetype that we encounter in our culture in medium is the archetype of the hero. The hero, as we know in many books and movies, is that one, the hero, the heroine, who is willing to sacrifice themselves for others. Okay? And archetypes have both positive and less positive types. Because for every hero, there is usually the villain, okay? For every heroine, there is the villainess, okay? So, and these are types of people out there. And the Bible is loaded with archetypal types. There is the archetype of the king, okay? And there is the good king, the wise king, the king who is benevolent and treats his people fairly with equity. But there's also the dark side. There is the king who is the tyrant. And like I said, all these archetypes usually have male and female counterparts. So we have the queen as opposed to the entitled princess. Okay? We have the archetype of the, the maiden or the innocent or the virgin. And we, we can know that in this season, that would be Mary, okay? We also have the archetype of the fallen one as well. We have the archetype of the magician, the person who's able to make things happen and make things work even though they don't really seem like they will be able to. But we also have the archetype of the saucer, the one who uses that power for their own good. So all these archetypes, as they go through our culture, as they go through, our, through the Bible, are part of who we are. And as you read about this and as you ex experience this, 
you'll start to realize that you embody one or more of the typical types in who you are. And it's learning as to what archetypes you fall into and also learning the dark side. It's helping to learn where we are can be a positive or where we've been a less positive influence in our world. Archetypes are very important and they're quite often ignored. And there's a wonderful book that I just ordered a copy because I was looking for it this week and I must have given it to somebody to read called Wild Men, Warriors, and Kings. And it goes through and explains how we can benefit from understanding this idea of archetypes. Now the archetype that I wanted to examine this morning is the archetype of the wild man, okay? Now, we all need to assess, access, or get in touch with our inner wild man. And unfortunately, in our culture, in the society we live in, where we wear shoes and think we're civilized and live in buildings, we've kind of pushed the wild man or the wild woman off to the side as we don't need that anymore. But we really do need that. And I want to read some excerpts from this article from Oscar Perez. Of all the archetypal forces, perhaps the most misunderstood and often the most feared is the wild man. From the beginning of time, this archetype has played a tremendously important role in the human psyche. And yet, in our society, it has been regulated to drunken frat boy-esque debauchery at best, and at worst is associated with extreme physical and sexual violence. This is what the wild man is perceived as in an adolescent, uninitiated culture. Okay? So we've, we've experienced the dark side of the wild man, or we've seen the dark side of the wild woman, in, in this kind of negative behavior, but we haven't embraced the positive of the wild man. The wild man is something, or I should say someone that exists in the liminal regions in between the spaces of our psyches and of our societies. Liminal is a word that means transitional, traveling, those places between our psyches and our societies. Um, it is a central figure of the dawn of human history and one that has been subsequently pushed aside and demonized as societies become increasingly more civilized. See, the wild man is an intimate link between humanity and the living wilderness. It is the gatekeeper of our animal nature. And going on, in new arising trends in nutritious fitness and psychology and spirituality, people are slowly turning their eyes towards a distance and off an idealized past where we as a species has become more aware of our connection with the earth and our more than human relations. Like this commodification of the wild man or the wild woman, it's sometimes put on a pedestal as part of a self that must be reclaimed. However, as an archetypal force, it is often commodified and wielded by people that have only a superficial understanding of something of what the magnitude is really is. See, we've, we've pushed these archetypes, and particularly the wild man, off to the side, and as a society, we begin to suffer for it. Because these, these are very real forces. What happens in our reluctance or inability to look at them is that we deny the initiatory experience that these archetypal figures present and often demand of us. 
and without initiation, we have a society of rampant adolescence that can only destroy everything around it and in its, in its me-centered hunger for self-gratification. We as a society do not have rituals for welcoming adolescents into adulthood, or we have very few. Primitive societies had rituals for both boys and girls to welcome them into the group of adults. Um, quite often it was a night where you spent out in the wilderness surviving on your own, by your own wits and by your own knowledge. And then when you came back, you were marked, you were scarred, because quite often growing up leaves you scars, and then you became, these were your scars that indicated your adulthood. Now the closest thing that I know that we maybe experienced was in Boy Scouts, we had the Order of the Arrow. Did anybody remember that who was from scouting? Larry remembered the Order of the Arrow. Vinny remembers it too. And when the Order of the Arrow, what did we do? We went out and we had to spend a night in the wilderness on our own with limited resources, two matches to make a fire. So if you didn't know how to make a fire with one match, two wasn't gonna help, right? And you had to survive on the night. And then you had to be quiet for a day and be introspective. This is as close as I think we have, but without these initiations, quite often the darker side pulls into this, and a lot of gang culture in cities has to do with that initiation of boys into men, okay? And it's unhealthy because it's not done in a positive way. Confirmation is the church's idea of this kind of initiation. But what have we taken something that needs to be physical and spiritual and made it purely academic? Now, I don't know about you, but when I was confirmed, what I had to do beforehand was recite the Ten Commandments, the Creed, and the Lord's Prayer from memory, okay? I still have to look at the Creed on a Sunday when we say it, just to remember it or I flub it all up, okay? But we don't have these rituals in our society anymore. We don't teach people to embrace their wild man's side. And the wild men are important. They're extremely important to our health because they connect us with the world. They connect us with one another. We are not lords of this domain, although we think we are. We are fully dependent upon this world for everything, our clothes, our food, and our shelter is our elements of this world. And yet we don't treat the world very well because we think we're separated. How many times have you had to tell a child that that cow is gonna become meat and they think the meat comes in a package in the refrigerator wrapped in cellophane? This is what we are in danger of losing, our connectedness to the world. Now the reason that I brought this up and I wanted to talk about the importance of the wild man archetype is because this morning we talked about who in the gospel reading? John the Baptist. John the Baptist is an archetypal wild man. He lives in the wilderness. He wears very basic clothing, camel's hair and a leather belt, not fine robes. He eats locusts and wild honey. Wild honey means that you went and you got it from the hive, 
And what is there at the hive protecting the honey? Bees. Right, so it's not even easy to eat. He stands out in the wilderness and cries, prepare yourself. Prepare the way of the Lord. The voice of the one crying in the wilderness. Archetypal wild man stuff. He has no problem speaking the truth to power. He has no problem calling out the Pharisees and the Sadducees when they come out to see what's going on and saying, who told you to flee from the wrath to come? And reminding them that if it's going to call on your Jewishness, if you're going to cling to the fact that you're a child of Abraham, well, God can take these rocks and turn them into childs of Abraham. You have no special call here. He's not afraid to sermonize politics and use politics in his sermon, and he doesn't care what the people say. John the Baptist speaks out. In fact, it's because of his speaking out about what Herod has done by marrying his brother's wife that he ends up getting arrested and he ends up losing his head. That's the fate of John the Baptist. That is a reminder for all of those of us who will dare use politics in our sermons that you could lose your head. But I digress. The reason that I think John the Baptist is important because it is the voice crying out from the wilderness. And I think that wilderness, as much as it is external, is internal as well. I don't think enough of us have plumbed the depths of our inner wild man or wild woman. I don't think none of us have experienced that call to celebrate this season for what it is. It is an anticipation that God's going to do something amazing and magnificent, and our world is seriously overdue. We live in a culture that idolizes people who t make fortunes and use people and abuse people and suppress people, and yet we don't hold up those who teach people, who care for people, who tend the sheep so to speak. We've lost our way as a people because we've lost touch with our inner wild man, with our inner wild woman. John the Baptist serves as a reminder that God calls us out of this, that from both externally and internally, we are being called because we know something is off, something is not right. But the good news is that on the other side of the message of John the Baptist, on the other side of this season is the gift. The other side of this season is the gift of the ultimate archetype, the ultimate hero, the one who came and taught us about caring and sharing and loving and living in faith and hope and trust. The one who came and then said, I will give of myself completely so that all may be saved. I invite you, spend some time barefoot in your backyard among nature. I invite you to spend some season getting in touch with that inner wild person and recognizing 
that call to prepare yourself. Amen. you have heard the word of faith, the gospel of salvation. We believe in him who are marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. And we have the words, so even I can say together with you, in trust and hope, let us confess our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator in heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and a life everlasting. Amen.
Please be seated. I explained this week to someone who was asking me, they didn't understand why we do this instead of prayers. And I was saying that those prayers that we have, they're wonderful prayers. They're published there. I invite you to take them home. I've had people say, you know, I go to pray and I really don't know what to say. Well, there's a good thing to have with you. Take one and pray one a day or pray them all once, the whole thing through every day. But when we come to the prayers of the church or the prayers of the people here, it's really important to hear what's going on here that we're praying for. So we've broken that down into things that are, we're joyful about, we're thankful about, and we can share those that we're, we're thanking God because that's really, there's only two prayers, thank you, thank you, thank you, and help me, help me, help me. And so we break that down into the thank you, thank you, thank you, and then the help me, help me, those people and situations that we are praying for that we can lift up. And even though this sounds very informal, We've just prayed a song or sang a song saying, Lord, listen to us pray. And now we're going to talk about all the things that we're praying for. So in the thank you, thank you, thank you realm or joys, do we have joys that we'd like to share this week? Yes, Wayne. I'm thankful for King of Kings and Kyle Hall. And what, you know, we have, yesterday we probably had 80 people in the hall. Uh, last month in November, those people paid to listen to the music. The musicians came and they had a place to play. Uh, we, 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 these 80 people now we all consider as family. But what we're going to turn into the church this morning is $1,580. Oh! Thank you, Lord. And that, you know, that, that's, that, some people say, well, what about those people? Why don't they come to church? They have their own churches, but they also are worshiping the Lord by coming and entertaining our audience, and our audience is pleasing the Lord by being there and listening to it instead of out drinking beer in some place in a bar. They could go listen to music there, too, but, you know, they come to us, and we appreciate them and i'm i'm joyful and happy about it yes. amen amen thank you Wayne. other other joys yes alice i'm a frequent shopper at um aldi's and i always see people bringing their carts back and just say here take it and they don't ask for the quarter or whatever and i see that a lot but um, last week i was in there and i was went through the line and i had quite a bit and i was filling my bags up and the man behind me, I heard the lady say, well, your card is just not, not full enough. It's declined. You need to fill it back up. And he said, oh. So I go and reach in, get my credit card out, and I'm walking back up to go help. The guy behind him has already slipped it into the, the slot for it. Another person's coming up here. I've got it. What a joy. What a joy. Generosity in action. Thank you, Alice. Other joys? Yes. We're thankful because my daughter and my sister flew in from Pennsylvania to be with us this week to have our own little Christmas. Oh, amen. Yes. Amen. Oh, there, Vinny. Yeah, I, was, uh, I wasn't here last week because I went to uh, South Carolina on my son's five and a half acres. 
don't know if you could hear that. I celebrated Thanksgiving up there with my youngest son, and now I'm making plans to go see my oldest son up in New York. Okay. Thank you. Wonderful thing. Yes. You might get the same thing as a proximity to the speaker. Oh, okay, um, I'll try not to squeal. <laughs> uh, our uh, son-in-law, Peter, in Australia, he's been undergoing chemo for his Hodgkin's lymphoma, and uh, he just recently had a PEP scan, and it was clear. So oh. the chemo's working, and your prayers are helping. Thank Amen. you. Amen. We continue to pray for Peter. Other joys. Yes. I am new in this church, and uh, I'm hopefully finding brothers and sisters to worship together and praise God. I have been on a long trip. I came to this country in 1957. My wife and I had a marriage of 61 years. She passed away June the 2nd from Alzheimer's, and I been looking for a church where I can find peace myself to accept life as God has given to me. I thank you for all, and I thank you for God for every minute of my life. Well, thank you for joining us. And your name? Zoltan Sebo. You have to say that again. Zoltan Sebo. Zoltan. I want everybody to welcome Zoltan here and take a chance to welcome Thank you. I saw a hand back here. Was that you, Chris? Good morning. Just a note of thanks. Yesterday we had the first, no, the second, I'm lying, uh, community festival that we had nine or ten vendors. People walked through. They all got to know each other and support the church. So thank you to everyone. Amen. Thank you. Pastor, I have a, uh, a joy. Uh, I, I have a joy of King of Kings Lutheran Church. Um, I've been coming here about 12 years, and uh, we've seen it through good times. We've seen it through rough times. But I want to thank the Lord. You're bringing us back, and we're all glad. And thank us all for being here, and thank you, Lord, for giving us another chance. Oh. That's what grace means. There's unlimited chances. <laughs> Any other joys? Yes. I have, I have great joys that my bachelor, 35-year-old um, grandson got engaged last night. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Okay, now how about that other side? How about that, those things that we're praying for, those concerns? I'm gonna give you the mic, Bob, guys. I want you to give us an update on Joy as we pray for her and we continue to pray for her. Uh, Joy wasn't doing too good. She, was, uh, she went back to the, to the doctor and they sent her in for another chest X-ray and, and gave her more medication to take so she has all this medication is giving her all these side effects. So she, uh, she's dizzy, she has no appetite, she can't keep anything down. And uh, she, in the last week, she's lost 13 pounds. Okay, we're praying. We're praying for joy. You gonna fill us in on Sandy? Yes. Uh, in two weeks on the 19th, 
she would be going in for surgery in Tampa. So everybody, please pray that the surgery goes well. Okay. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, I also want to lift in concern um, Betty Newman, as well as her daughter Sue. Betty continues to do that long, slow fade toward the other side. Um, that will keep her in prayers, but also Sue is getting harder and harder because Betty's now non-ambulatory, so that means Sue, who's caring for her, has to carry her physically. And Sue says, my back can only take so much more, and she's trying to get more help in. So lifting them both up in prayer as they're going through this together. Do we have other concerns that we want to lift up here? I have a, it's both a joy and concern. I've been going up and spending some time up at the Liberty Mission, which is up going towards Spring Hill, but it's still in Pasco County. Um, and the last time I was there for their Friendsgiving, uh, they found out that the building had been sold and uh, the new owner was looking for them to relocate. They have a three-year lease though, and after some Discussion. It was decided that the owner would honor the lease so they would stay there. So they're good from February three years of last year, February last year, three years. But they're going to need to find a new place. So it's a joy. So while we pray, give us today our daily bread, they, for this day, are still all right where they're at. But they also need to be looking for a place. So let's pray big that they can find a place that has a kitchen that is acceptable so that the help there doesn't need to take the food home and cook it and bring it back. Um, there's laws about preparing food and serving it to public, which I don't, un I understand with a business, but when you're giving it away, you kind of have to wonder. Um, so, but that's a, both a joy and concern that Lighthouse Ministries can continue to move up and move forward. And they also got a $5,000 grant from, was it women in Pasco? 100 women in Pasco. So a lot, of, a lot of good things going on there. Other concerns that we lift up, prayers that we're, 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 we're lifting up right now. Yes, Vinny. Step out here and away from that speaker, and you can talk then without making all the noise. Yeah, I like to uh, keep in, in our prayers the uh, girls that were murdered. And uh, coming over this morning to the to the church, I, I had the, the news on, and the father spoke of one of the daughter, uh, his daughter that passed. Uh, keep them all in your prayers, and hope we get the the person that's responsible responsible for this under arrest before he acts again. Okay, is this what's going on in Idaho? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Other yes. I'd like praise for prayers for a gal named Gracie in Alabama. She was in a car accident December 9th of last year and has not been responsive since. They recently performed brain surgery and they're hoping to get her in a rehab facility in Atlanta. So please keep Gracie in your prayers. And also I have a friend in Pennsylvania whose name is Bob and he was to have his hip replaced over a year ago 
And for a while, he had a bullseye on his chest for COVID. So every time it was uh, scheduled, it had to be canceled. He was scheduled to have it done last Monday. Um, they canceled it for lack, lack of staff. So they still don't know when that's gonna happen. And he's been in a lot of pain, as you can imagine. Thank you. Thank you. Others, let us pray. Lord, we lift up all these joys and thanks to you, praising you for the wonderful ways that you have acted in the life here of this congregation as well as the lives of the people we are close to and those we know. We also lift up those concerns, those things that we are praying for, for your attention to, Lord, that you may heal all these wounds and bind all these broken hearts and these broken lives. Lord, you are the source of all goodness. You are the source of all in this world. We praise you and we thank you. And let the people say, Amen. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. Let's share that peace with one another. And let's work over to the sanitation stations. And it doesn't hurt before or after, and both. gentlemen as we make our way back to our seats we're going to be doing something a little differently today the choir is going to be singing special music it's called I saw the light but we're going to project the words because we'd like you to sing along with us too so ladies and gentlemen if you will prepare to sing I saw the light
Let us pray the offering prayer as one voice. Eternal God, you make the desert bloom and the scent springs of water to the thirsty ground. Receive these simple gifts of bread, wine, and money, and make us messengers of your mercy and love for all in need of your healing and justice. We ask this through Christ our Savior. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death in the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth, and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their ending hymn. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, and after giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he also took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Amen. Amen. And now let us be so bold as to pray the words as we've been taught by our Savior. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. All are invited to the table. As you come forward, you will be given a piece of bread which you can dip in either the wine, which is dark red, or the grape juice, which is lighter colored. Both, it doesn't matter, either or, or neither. And um, then take the, take the bread and eat it. Uh, if you're still uncomfortable, we still have elements in the back for those who are still trying to remain some sort of separation, praying that this will end someday. If you're unable to come up and receive, after everybody else has received, I'll ask, is there anybody else? Just raise your hand, we'll bring it to you. Um, please be seated. Oh, this is the body of God for the people of God. 
Now be seated.
don't know anybody who's ever stood up here who gets to do that and raise your hands while you're singing, I will raise you up, doesn't get a kick out of that. That person doesn't have a soul, I think. I mean, I think that is such a wonderful, powerful thing for me to do. And then you all stand, wow. Faithful God, in this meal, you have remembered your mercy, bringing heaven to earth in the body and blood of Christ. As we wait for the day when all your promises will be fulfilled, sustain us and strengthen us by this holy mystery. Guide us toward your promised future, coming to birth in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. God, the eternal word, who dwells with us in Jesus and invites that wild man and wild woman inside of us to experience all that the blessings that this world brings and who holds us by the grace of the Holy Spirit. Bless you now and forever. Amen.
Christ is near.